0: praise God. He's a good God, isn't he? Amen. He's faithful. He's busy in moments we understand, but also in moments we don't. Just releasing off our ignition group to get their their time with the Lord and each other today. We love our ignition group. We love what God's doing in our young people. Amen. I believe that this year at summer camp is going to be the best year yet. Amen. It's going to be the best year yet. Listen, sometimes stuff happens and you don't get it, but you just trust God in the midst of it. You know, I'm so thankful today, you know, that my dad is here, strong and healthy. Monday, he collapsed. He was singing in a, an old people's home. Yes, my dad is 87, and he visits 70-year-olds and sings to them during the week. That's Dave Elms, if you know Dave Elms. And uh, I had a phone call last weekend on Monday, and they said, your dad's collapsed in the care home. And everybody kept saying, "How long's he been in the care home?" No, he's visiting. He's singing in the care home. He, he's, he always says, "I'm singing to old people in the care home." And he, so we rushed over to Gosport where he was, and uh, I arrived. As I arrived, it was like I actually said, "Thank you, Lord, that uh, it happened here," because there were all nurses in the care home. They had blood monitors on him, pressure monitors, and the other ladies in the choir, because he's like the only guy in the choir. It was like seagulls around a bag of chips. Dad was there, and they were like, Dave, 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 flying off." He's all right. What a place for this to happen. Thank you that this happened here. But then the ambulance uh, came, and they took us. They said, you've got to go to hospital. So we went to the hospital. And again, we, we uh, got to sit in the car park at QA. Let's keep QA our hospital in our prayers. Eh? We got to sit in the ambulance for, um, for about three hours before we could go in. But then the ambulance drivers changed their shift. I told them all about Jesus. But then the ambulance drivers, we changed our shift and we were in there for another two hours. And I said, God, if I'm going to be locked in an ambulance, we're going to make something happen here. I got to lead the ambulance driver to Jesus. <laughs> she came in just, just, I don't know if she's here, Shelly. I don't know if Shelly's here. But she got glorious. I'm talking, she cried away into the kingdom of God. It was funny, just as we finished praying, the door opened and we went into hospital and dad went, all right, so all of this was about you leading someone to Jesus. And he he was was good with that, you know. But I'm so thankful they released him next day and dad's uh, strong in health with us and uh, here today. So I'm thankful for that. And uh, (laughs) we give God praise. Sometimes we don't understand what's going on, but he's still God. And we look for him in the moment. And we say, God, what are you doing in that moment? Now, I'm going to carry on today um, talking about the will of God. And we started this mini-series last week um, talking about the will of God. Because one of the most common questions that I hear, um, and if you're new to Family Church or you're not new, you know I don't normally sit down. But we worked out last week, when I sit down, I slow down. Because I'm naturally a preacher. So if I stand up, I just go into one. But when I slow down, when I sit down, so we're going to see if it works the second week, all right, because it worked last week. We started talking last night, uh, last night, last week, about walking in the will of God. But when I speak to a lot of Christians, they often say, what is the will of God? How can I know the will of God for my life? Now, walking in the will of God starts with knowing the will of God, right? Because if you don't know something, how can you walk in it? So we shared last week, and if you missed the service, you can watch it online, we got podcasts, we got all that modern stuff that enable you to catch up. But just to highlight, we spoke last week that walking and knowing the will of God starts with his revealed will. Before you go on a 40-day fast to find the unrevealed will of God, open your Bible, because the Bible is filled with the revealed will of God. And often people will go, I don't know what the will of God is. And the majority of times I'll answer, well, it's written in the Bible, because God has given his prescriptive will of God, that which he says is right, and he's also given um, the will of God that says this isn't right, the prohibitive will of God. We looked at the the prescriptive and the prohibitive will of God last week. And so the, the word of God reveals to us things concerning most of our life where God says, I like it done this way, this is my best for you. And other places where he says, don't do that. Like when he says, honour the Lord, honour your parents. That's the prescriptive will of God for your life. You'll do well. If you do that, the Bible says, you'll have a long life. So the Bible reveals to us so much of what God has already said. Here is my will for you. So no Christian can walk around going, I don't know the will of God. You can only say that if you don't see the Bible as God's will unrevealed or revealed to you for your situation. Now we also looked that the will of God is seen in the word of God but also in the ways of God. When you read about Jesus in the Gospels you see the things he did revealed the will of his father because Jesus said I don't do anything on my own I only do what I see the father doing Jesus revealed the will of God in the things that he would do and the things he wouldn't do. How do we know that healing is the will of God? Because every place that Jesus went, he healed the sick. He got his disciples. To, he said, when I die and I'm, I'm risen, you go into every place, preach the gospel, lay hands on the sick, do what you need to do. So we can see that healing is the will of God. All right? He, watch out, I'm getting up. Healing is the will of God. All right, But God's will is that none will perish. That's written in his word. There's certain things in the word of God where God says very clearly, this is my will, my desire for you. And one of them is that no one will perish. Why? Because God's will for you is wholeness. The word salvation is actually the name of Jesus. Jesus comes from, um, from the word Joshua and it means salvation, the Lord who saves, God's will is that we would experience not just salvation regarding eternity, but also salvation, that we should have an expectation of the miraculous in our lives. So here's the key verse that we're looking at from Romans 12, verses 1 to 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper or correct worship. Why do we now offer our lives to God? Because our lives now belong to God. He paid a full price for all of your life, not some of it. We used to present our lives to the will and ways of other things than God, but now we belong to God, we now present our lives to the one who owns us, who paid for us with his own blood. It says, no longer conform to the pattern of this world, the ways or the will of this world, rather be transformed, supernaturally changed by the changing or the renewing of your mind. It says, if you see yourself as belonging to God, if you allow God's thoughts to take out old thoughts, replace thoughts that are not God, then you will be able to approve and test what God's will is for your life, his good, pleasing and perfect will. Now, Some things that we can do in life would fit into his permissive will for our lives. And by permissive, we mean things that God permits or allows, while other things would be God's perfect will for our life. Now, God's will is sovereign. God does what God wants to do. He's the boss, amen? Yet in his will, we find certain things that are permissive. That means that they may not be what God truly desires for you but he'll allow you to do those things even when he knows your choice of those things could give you a lesser experience of life than what he intended for you in his perfect will. Now there's the permissive will of God some people are happy to live within that but there's also available to us the perfect will of God that which God wants for you, which is his very best. Now, it's the same as any parent, isn't it, when your kids begin to get a little bit older. There's certain things that would be your permissive will that you allow, and they can live in the boundaries of those things. But then if they were to sit with you and say, Dad, Mum, what's your perfect will for me? Sometimes our will as parents would be different to that which we allow and often it's in the perfect that true blessing is found because of the experience of the parents in saying this is the best, right? Now the difference being one allows or permits, that's the permissive will of God. The other, um, the other one um, is what he actually intended or designed for us to know. Now we can choose to live in the boundary lines of what's permissive. Now, when it comes to the will of God, you've got people that ignore the will of God. I don't want the will of God. You know, I don't want to do it Yahweh, I'll do it my way. Um, I'm doing it my way, this is my will for my life. Then you've got others who will live in the permissive. They'll go, well, God allows this, so I'm going to live in what God allows. But then you have others who go, no, that's not good enough for me. I want to know the will of God for my life. The God who put me on this planet. I want to know his purposes for my life. Now, it's a matter of choice, isn't it? Because in the original design of God, God gave us lives where we could choose. And that actually was the greatest gift, but also the worst gift. Because in creating us, the original design of God wasn't that he would have a robotic people that without freedom of choice just said, we love you. But to enable the people that chose to love him, he had to give them choice. So God is a God who, in our original design, we see this in Adam and Eve, he gives us choice. See, Adam had the choice to choose God's way or reject God's way. You have a choice to go to hell or go to heaven. What's God's will? That none that would perish. But you have a choice whether you receive the gift of salvation. It wasn't God that did that to you. It was your choice. Now, in the Garden of Eden, there was a tree of life, but also the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Adam had a choice. Eve had a choice. Why? Because God designed in our original design that we would have a choice to choose him or reject him, choice to walk in his will or, and his ways or not, and choice to walk in his perfect will or his permissive will. So God has given you choice. Isn't that wonderful? The greatest gift, but it can also be the worst gift if you make the wrong choices. You have the choice to reject God. That's your choice. You, have, you, you haven't got the choice whether he loves you or not. He hasn't given you that choice. You've got the choice to live in the will of God, the permissive will of God, Or you've got the choice to say, God, let me know what your perfect, good and pleasing will is for me. Now, a Christian, like we said, can live in the boundary lines of what they can get away with. Or they can say, God, I want to know that tailor-made design. You're perfect, you're pleasing and good will for me. Now, God has got specific plans for your life. Do you know that? He's not just making it up as he goes along. God has specific, perfect will plans for you, but you have a choice whether you take hold of them or just settle for living in that which is allowed. Now, a good picture of this is Jeremiah. Um, In the book of Jeremiah 29 verse 11, God speaks to Jeremiah and says, For I know the plans, the will, the things I have for you, declares the Lord, and their plans filled with prosperity, not with harm, They're plans that will give you hope and give you future. Yet Jeremiah had the choice to say no to the plans of God. He didn't. He had fears about them, but he said yes, and the rest is history. There was a specific God plan for Jeremiah. Jeremiah could live in what God permitted, or he could take hold of God's perfect good plan for his life. And so can we. Now when you read about the storyline of Jeremiah starting in chapter 1, it says the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you before you were born and I set you apart for a purpose. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Well there we go, existence precedes conception according to the Bible. But before he was formed in the womb, God knew Jeremiah, before you were formed in the womb. God knew you and had a perfect plan for your life. And every one of us have the choice to take hold of that perfect plan or just live in that which he permits. That's his choice. So many examples in the Bible. Abraham had a choice to leave what he knew to step into what God had for him. God came to him in old age and said, your life looks all right, Abraham. It really does doing life by your will and your way, it's not so bad. Or you can leave what you know and step into what I've always had for you. I'm so glad that Abraham had that courageous step of faith to leave what was his will for his life, to step in to the unknown of what God's plan for him was. Esther, again, had a moment of choice She didn't have to appear before the king and save Israel, save the Jewish nation. In fact, her her cousin Mordecai says to her, listen, don't think for a moment if you don't step into the will of God for your life, God won't raise up someone else. Because his agenda is that the Jewish nation will be saved. But his purpose and his plan is to use you. But if you don't want to do it, God will use someone else and you'll miss out on what you could have known. I don't want to miss out. I don't want other people doing what Andy Elms was meant to do, right? How about you? All right. Well, I think I'm preaching good today. I don't know. I preached to myself, encouraged myself up here. When we look at the rich young ruler in Mark 10, he had a choice. He saw the disciples living large with Jesus and he was... I mean, he didn't have a bad life, rich, young, ruler. That's not bad, is it, to have all three of those things ticked? Yet when he saw the life the disciples were living, he said, I want that instead. Don't you love it that Jesus turned around and said, you can absolutely have this, but you've got to step out of your will for your life, to take hold of God's will. And he couldn't do it. The disciples did, they left fishing boats, they left parents, but this young man couldn't. And I think he continued to live a good life. He was rich, he was young, and he was a ruler. The problem is, he never knew what it could have been. He had to live with a frustration. Anyone old enough to remember Bullseye or Jim Bowen? That somebody would win a prize... And it would be brilliant. And then all of a sudden, Jim Bowen would say, let's look at what you could have won. And he brought out what they could have won if they'd taken another chance. I think that was the life of a rich, young ruler. He had a good life, rich, young ruler, but he never, not, he never got to see what God's perfect will for him was. Okay, what's the difference? Let me read you some stuff that describes the difference. Now, God's permissive will um, doesn't have his full blessing on it, like his perfect will. You'll be blessed, but not like you could be if you said, God, I want your perfect good will for my life. What's the example of this? It's Israel in 1 Samuel chapter 8. Now, Israel had God as their king. That was God's plan. But all of a sudden, they looked at the nations around them, and all the nations around them had kings who were human, flesh and blood kings, and so they came to God, they came to the prophet, and they said, Samuel, you need to talk to God, we want to be like them, we want a king, we want a king, and Samuel kept saying, you've got God as your king, you've got God as your king, we want a king, we want to be like our neighbors, we want to be like the people that don't know God, we want to, that's the sound of somebody bent on living in their own will. God didn't send them to hell. Eventually, he said, listen, your whining has got to me. Have it. And they came into the permissive will of God, what God allowed, but they missed out on the perfect will of God. What was the perfect will of God? God wanted to be their king. So sometimes you can whine a little bit too much that you get yourself out of what God perfectly planned, even though it didn't make sense and into something that he allows. Now, when you read on through the storyline, things didn't go that well for Israel. They had ups and downs with having a natural king, just like their neighbours did, where all along they could have had God as their king. That's a good example, isn't it, of someone choosing what God permits over what God had for them. Now, the perfect will of God, is God's divine plan for your life. Um, The kind of person that you marry, the the kind of man or woman that you marry, the kind of career or ministry to pursue. Now, to get the perfect will of God sometimes takes patience and obedience because it's so easy when our neighbours, our unsaved neighbours, are going, I want everything now. I want to live like this. I know what the Bible says about marriage, but I've found another way, and it works. It's so hard when you live in an unsaved world to say, I'm going to hold out for God's way. I'm going to hold out for God's way. That takes courage. That takes faith. That takes purity. That takes boldness. But I want to tell you, no permissive will of God will ever match the perfect will of God. Israel had good kings and bad kings, but they don't know, like the rich young ruler, what it could have been like living in the perfect will of God. They don't know what it was like to have God as their king, but they were blessed. They were blessed, but not as blessed as what they could have been. Come on, am I teasing you today? Living in the allowed will of God. You're blessed. I'm not saying you're not blessed. I'm not saying you're cursed. I'm just going, you're not as blessed. God, I hope that frustrates some of you over dinner. <laughs> See, his perfect will is his superior will. It's his superior will. God's perfect will is what he requires. Um, it's what he desires. His permissive will is what he allows Perfect is defined as totally complete, without any fault, satisfying all of the requirements of the designer. Permissive is defined as being tolerant or allowing something to exist as it chooses. God holds the love of his people close to his heart, amen? And out of his love for us, not out of some cruel dictatorship, out of his love for us, He has things that he desires for us that would be perfect. But sometimes we don't want that. We want a shorter route. We want to live in the realm of Adam and Eve. We know better. We want to be our own God. We want to make our own choices. Then you find yourself still living in the love of God because this isn't about the love of God. This is about being in his permissive, what he allows, or being in his perfect. Now, the perfect will of God, we read about that in Romans 12, don't we? The good, the acceptable, the perfect will of God. It carries the idea of being complete. Something being like it was designed to be. I lived most of my life outside of the perfect, more in the permissive. I want to be honest with you, especially when the years I wasn't walking with Jesus. But I want to spend the rest of my days more in the perfect and not in the permissive. I want to know what God's best is for my life. I don't want to know what he allows, what has blessing on it, but not the blessing he intended. Something hungers within somebody that walks with the Lord for the best that's available. Now, perfect means to reach the goal or intention that Almighty God had in his design. Now, the permissive will of God is The permissible will of God is what God permits. I want to keep underlining this so you know the difference between the two, the three. You can reject the will of God. You can live in the permissive will of God. What does God allow? Let me make that the boundary lines of my life. Or you can begin to get a hunger. God, what's what's your perfect will? Just like you had a plan for Jeremiah. God, what's your plan for me? Just like you had a journey for Abraham. It may mean me leaving some things, but I want to know your perfect plan for me and my family. Now, permissive will is God's allowance of circumstance to occur, whether good or bad. Sometimes, well, in the permissive will of God, sometimes it will be good things that he allows. They're just not great. Other times it will be bad things, but because you had choice, it was your choice to choose those things over what he intended for you. Choice is a powerful thing, isn't it? Think of um, you know the guy that that sold Jesus out, Judas. He didn't have to do that. A thought came in. He got offended when the woman broke the oil on on Jesus and anointed him. And in that moment of offence, he had a thought. Remember, if you don't deal with a thought, it becomes a foothold. If you don't deal with a foothold, it becomes a stronghold. He didn't deal with that thought. He made choices to go with what he was thinking and ended up selling Jesus out. It really didn't need to go that way. We need to make sure that our choices run with the will of God, not against them. All right. Now, here's a couple of examples because some of you are like, Earth this out for us, Andy. All right, here we go. Three examples. God's perfect will in creation was the innocence of man. That was God's perfect will. Man was made in his likeness and in his image. And it says in Genesis 2.25, the man and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. They lived shameless because God had perfected them and created them. His perfect will for them was innocence. Then we see God's permissive will was the fall of man. God didn't want the fall of man for man, but he had to permit it and allow it because he'd given choice to humanity. Genesis 3 verse 7. Then the eyes of both of them, Adam and Eve, were opened and they realised they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. The perfect was they knew no shame. All they knew was innocence. The choices that they made reduced them to shame, making coverings. One was the perfect will of God, and the other was what God permitted or allowed because of the choices that they'd made. Everybody with me? Another, number two, would be God's perfect plan for the salvation of man. That's God's perfect plan, that every single person would be saved Who would be going to heaven? Every person's name would be unblotted from the Lamb's Book of Life. Second Peter three verse nine, it says, "The Lord is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance." Or a changing of thinking. First Timothy two verse three to four, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth so God's perfect will is that every person would find salvation through Jesus Christ but then we've got God's permissive will which is actually the condemnation of man accommodating man's choice and we read about this in Romans 2 verse 5 but because of your stubbornness And your unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath, when his righteous judgment will be revealed. What's God's perfect will? That none perish. That all experience salvation through Christ. But if a person chooses, because of a hard heart, to reject the Saviour, how can they be saved? But God's will is that all would be saved. But he allows people not to be saved, even though that's not what his heart desires for them. Everybody God willing? Yeah. Every person can be saved through Jesus Christ. The thief on the cross proves that. We were having a discussion in, in Forge this week, it was brilliant. About I'd been teaching Forge all this week about how to lead people to Jesus. We're going to Poland next week, Forge, aren't we? Who's from Forge here? Oh, That was awesome, wasn't it? That makes people want to come with us. We're going, we're going to Poland. We're going to be visiting Auschwitz. We want to walk around and see how evil people can get when they turn their back on God. We want to believe God to use us in Poland when we're ministering there. So pray for us this week. But we were talking about how to lead others to Christ. And one of the questions came up. I just don't know what prayer to pray with them at the end. And I said, it's really simple because God's already sinned their heart look at the thief in the cross he just mumbled today remember me in paradise but in that statement he acknowledged that jesus was the christ that jesus didn't need to be on the cross or shouldn't have been on the cross and that his faith in jesus could change everything so if you are here today you're like i don't want to go to a place that's not heaven i don't want to go somewhere that god don't want me to go simple just believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died on a cross for you to pay for your debt of sin and receive him as Lord and Saviour. Then you'll come into God's perfect will regarding your eternity or reject him. And then you'll come into what God doesn't love but he allows, which is eternal separation from him beyond this life. Choice is a powerful thing, hey? Okay, let's close it down. One more example. Marriage. God's perfect will for couples is marriage. He reveals that in Genesis 2, 24. It says, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. And then in Matthew 19, therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. Now, I'm not trying to condemn anyone that had marriage and it went wrong. I'm just saying that God's perfect will for us in marriage was that we would be in covenant together all of our days i'm not saying that judgmentally i'm just saying how much of humanity wants to do marriage a different way right now god's permissive will it's called divorce matthew 19 moses permitted you to divorce your wives because your hearts were hard but it was not this way from the beginning Moses allowed you to divorce your wife because your hearts were hard, but it was not this way from the beginning. Even though that happens, we need to understand that God's perfect will is that two people find each other, do marriage by his guidelines, because his guidelines work. Well, it's all right. I'm doing it the world's way. It kind of works for us. Yeah, you'll just never know what you could have had. Full stop. I'm not saying you won't be blessed in how you want to do relationship. I'm just going. Who knows what it could have looked like? Because God's ways are perfect. Thank you for that. It has got kind of quiet in here just now. I was going to start singing, there's a kind of hush all over the church. Come on, God's got plans for relationships. And his Bible reveals his way of doing love relationships. His perfect, good and pleasing way of doing relationships. But also we can live in what's permitted. I want to encourage you in every area of your life. Go for God's way. It's always better. Now if you're walking with the Lord, it's not actually about just His will outside of you trying to influence you, all right? Because now you have the Holy Spirit in you. You have the Holy Spirit in you willing to do God's perfect way unless you resist it, right? Let me read to you one more verse and that's from Philippians 2 verses 12 to 13. Therefore, my dear friends, as you've already obeyed, um, not only in my presence, but also in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act to fulfill his purposes. How many people belong to Jesus, given their life to Jesus, got Jesus living in them? That's wonderful. You've got God's spirit in you, and God's Spirit doesn't will against God's way. Rocket science, right? You've got God's Spirit in you. It's not about a guy on a stage telling you what you should do. You've got God's Spirit in you who's willing according to his good pleasure for your life. So like we always teach from uh, John 15, all you've got to do is be a branch that abides in the vine, and the will that's in the vine will be the will that's in the branch. Come on, that's what it says. It says, we abide in him, and his word, what's his word? His revealed will abides in us. So the picture of religion is you're there not knowing what to do, and religion stands outside of you saying, this is the will of God, this is the will of God, this is the will of God. Whereas being a born-again Christian, we acknowledge that God, who was once outside, has come to live in us by his Holy Spirit. And now the Holy Spirit in us, how many people know the Holy Spirit in us, will not be opposing the perfect will of God, right? I've had people say to me, well, I want to do this, and to shut me up, they say, God told me. All right. You'll always shut a pastor up, but it's not wise to shut a pastor up by pulling out the God told me card. That's not wisdom. That's not wisdom. But other times, well, I just feel God speaking to me inside. And you want to open the Bible and go, so God inside of you is disagreeing with what God wrote in his word about this. Something's not right here. Because the Holy Spirit will only ever agree with the Word, and the Word will only ever agree with the Spirit. The Word and the Spirit are one. The Word became flesh. His name was Jesus Christ. His Word now lives in you. When we abide in Him, His Word abides in us. His Word is His will, His desire, and His way of doing things. So if we're just good branches hanging out with the vine, staying connected with Jesus, you won't have to struggle to know the will of God. You'll actually have to struggle to ignore it. It will keep you awake at night. Better sit down. I started preaching. Sorry. (laughs) Come on. Let's just abide in the vine and let his life and his will be the life and the will that's in us that causes us to bear fruit in a way that pleases him. We've been born again. His spirit now lives in us. His spirit reveals the will of God for each and every situation we face. Then that means if I'm not living by the will of God, I'm choosing to ignore it. Correct. And again, you'll live a blessed life. But you'll just live always knowing what could it have been like there's blessing in the permissive will of God but there's greater blessing in living true to the things that God is telling you to do now the good news is you're never too late Abraham started his journey when he was like 70 suddenly at 70 years old Abraham says I'm stepping into the revealed perfect will of God for my life so you're never too old like I said earlier Man, I've spent so much of my life getting this wrong. I'm not Yoda up here today going, holy I am. I've spent so much of my life getting this wrong. Ignoring the will of God. Yeah, me. Ignoring the will of God. Settling for the permissive will of God when I knew it wasn't God's perfect for me. When you get a little bit older, something strange happens. You get sick and tired of being sick and tired. (laughs) You get sick and tired of being sick and tired. And you get sick and tired of feeling sick and tired because you knew God said to do it this way and you chose another way. And eventually you begin to step forward and say, your will be done in my life as it is in heaven. And also finally, it takes trust in God. It really does. Because many of the plans in a man's heart, but the purpose is God. prevail is so much better but like Abraham we have to if you're unsaved or you don't know Jesus you've got to step into the will of God and that's that no one will perish but if you are a follower of Jesus you've got to say I'm no longer going to settle just for what God allows but I want to step in to that which is pleasing good and perfect because what's in pleasing good and perfect is going to be 10 million times better than anything you settled for but the choice is yours will you take door A or will you take door B in our original design God gave us the ability to choose we're going to carry on next week talking about choosing the will of God is that going to be good we're going to look at how do we choose the will of God how do we do that when we're confronted with our will his will permissive will perfect will how do we choose the will of God we'll come back next week and we'll do that one then but I want to pray for you today maybe you've won that awesome last week 10 people gave their life to Jesus last week you're an excited bunch today aren't you and 10 people the week before okay let me put that another way two weeks ago 20 people would have gone to hell if they died now they're not but if something was to happen to any of them they would wake up in heaven and God would be smiling over their life because of a decision they made to believe in Jesus Christ come on this is real guys this isn't a fairy tale Man, it took, me all, it took me all Sunday to wind down last week. I was like 10 people, Jesus. Come on, give us 20. Give us 20, Jesus. Come on. This is exciting. Maybe you're here and it's your first time and you're probably thinking, nutcases. But I like them a lot. There's something real here. It's called God. We really believe in Jesus. We really believe he rose from the dead, paid for your debt and wants to come and live in your life to show you what life was designed to be. But we also believe it's your choice. Can we just pray this prayer together today? You ready? Let's just do it all across the hall. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that you sent Jesus to die on a cross to give me life. Thank you. That salvation is a gift that I receive that leaves me saved in this life and the one to come. I acknowledge you, Jesus, as the saviour of the world and as my saviour. I give my life to you today. Just my every eye's closed, every head's bowed. If you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, maybe you've been away from God. Maybe you went on a little bit of a wander. But all of a sudden, something's drawn you back today and you're saying, I need to be right with God. It's like an alarm clock's gone off in my heart. I need to be right with God. I need to get back on track with God. Maybe you're here and you said, I've only ever been to a religious church on Easter, on Christmas. I've never been in a moment like this, but I know that I need Jesus. If you prayed that prayer, just like that thief on the cross, I want you to do one thing for me and just confess that you prayed that prayer really easy I'm going to ask you to do something so simple I'm going to ask you to lift your hand when I count to three I'm going to ask you to lift your hand and if you prayed that prayer because you don't know God or you've been away from God and today you know you've got to get right with God in this place just like the 10 people last week and the 10 people the week before if that's you today when I say three I want you to lift your hand really bold really brave unashamed this is for God I'm going for life change someone's hand's already gone up at the back again there's something about that back corner Over there. Last week when we were doing this, five hands went up at the back there. I love that. But if that's you today and you say I've got to get right with God today, I'm going to count to three and I'm going to ask you to lift your hand. Here we go. One, two three right now God bless you I see that hand I see that hand in the middle there is there somebody else today and you say I want to give my life to Jesus Christ right here right now I've got nothing to lose there's another hand God bless you there's number three is there a fourth person today and you say I want to give my life to Jesus I need to give my life to Jesus I need to give my life to Jesus I need to know where there's uh, there's a fourth hand I believe father I thank you right now for your blessing upon each of these people Let your peace, your joy, your love come all over their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give a big round of applause for these folks.